Welcome, everyone, to the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Here on the show, we bring you interviews with business owners, executives, and key players operating in and around the Ottawa, Ontario, Canada region. We grab their insights on business, marketing, leadership, and motivation. We hope you'll tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Joining me today on the show, we have John Anderson, founder of the Ottawa River Muskie Factory and Muskie Factory Baits. John Anderson is one of the world's most knowledgeable and experienced muskie anglers. We're going to be discussing with John what has made his business successful and what business owners today can learn from his success We're also going to be diving deep into the weeds today about all things muskie related and learn how John got hooked at a very young age on muskie fishing. You're going to want to tune into this. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Joining me today on the show, we have a very special guest. I'm very, very excited uh, to bring this guest on. For those of you that are out there in business, those of you that have a seasonal business, an outdoors business, uh, or those of you that are interested in fishing, we have a tremendous guest with us here today. Joining us today on the show, we have John Anderson, founder of the Ottawa River Muskie Factory, Muskie Factory Baits, and one of the world's most knowledgeable and experienced muskie anglers, John Anderson. John, welcome to the show. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to be here. John, maybe what we can start with for uh, for the audience. I have had the pleasure of uh, meeting John for the first time two years ago at the Ottawa Boat Show. Uh, they have a little small fishing section at the back of the show here in Ottawa, I attended two years ago for the first time John's talk and I was blown away. It was, it was standing room only the same last year and his, his knowledge, uh, his insights, his, the fact that he's so down to earth as well are, uh, are, are quite, are quite amazing. And so maybe John, just to start off for the audience that doesn't know you, maybe we could start off with a little bit of your background and, and start off with where you were, where were, where you were born. Were you born in Ottawa? Um, Vancouver, born and bred. My dad was in the RCMP, so we traveled around a lot. Um, Vancouver, Ottawa, Vancouver, Victoria, then back to Ottawa around uh, in the early seventies. And uh, this has been basically home since then. Um, University of Guelph for a commerce degree. Year in Edmonton. Lots of travel, but Ottawa's been home for, I guess, going on 50 years now. Okay, okay. Now, now, being sort of a little bit of your background in Vancouver, did you do any fishing out that way? Yeah, we started catching frogs in the ditch uh, in, <laughs> when I was four, five, and six. That was my, <laughs> the first thing that we ever did around Richmond, B.C. Okay. Um, an abundance of ditches and frogs, and you could take your broken hockey stick nail a paint can to the end of it 
punch some holes in it and then go and scoop frogs and tadpoles out. And so I think that's the first, the first fishing quote, fishing end quote that I ever did. Okay. Okay. And, and so you go through university and, and as you're growing up, I'm assuming, was there any sort of fishing background in your, in your youth or how did that develop? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that ditch catching of frogs uh, spurred a lifelong passion of, of hanging out on the water and trying to catch fish. So all through my youth. Um, when we first moved to Ottawa, I used to ride from Blackburn Hamlet to the mouth of Greens Creek on our bikes to fish. And uh, ironically, I live not far from there now. And my wife, uh, France and I walk there just about every day in the, in the non-fishing season. So okay. 50, years, 50 years later, I haven't gone very far, but you know, fun, fun memories of, uh, fun memories of fishing all over Ottawa, riding the bus to fish at Hogs Back, the RCMP camp at Long Island. Um, I still go and fish there. Okay. Year, you know, so, so those for, you know, I was going to bring this up later. We may, I like to, maybe we'll touch on it now for, for those that are listening from the Ottawa area. What are some of, what were some of your favorite spots for, for fishing in, in and around the Ottawa area? Um, in my youth, um, we used to ride the bus from the East end to Hogsback to fish at the Hogsback Rapids and down to Carleton university. And that stretch of river um, still has a wonderful fish population and a, and a great musky population um, 50 years later. And it's actually, uh, it's interesting that it's actually the, the uh, Dr. Stevens Cook, Dr. Stephen Cook's uh, research projects out of Carleton University. There's been so many projects that have, uh, that have evolved out of that section of the Rideau. 50 years later. So that's a neat section. Um, uh, the RCMP camp at Long Island, um, Nichols Locks, uh, Nichols Island and uh, the Long Island Locks. You yeah. and I were talking before we started this. Um, yeah. That's a place that I visited, you know, and I caught, caught a lot of my first there in the, in the early 70s. And I, I still go back there. I do some guided trips there for the first couple weeks of the musky season because the Rito's open before the Ottawa. And it's so gratifying to see muskies there 50 years ago. All the places where muskies used to be, they yeah. still exist. Really? Know? They still exist around Ottawa. Okay. And, and we're, we're aware of so many more. So, Is, is I got to ask this too, is, and, and you mentioned Nichols Island. I, I will admit I've been fishing there for five solid years now, and I have yet to catch the musk, but it's been close a couple of times. So it keeps me going back. What about, uh, the Dow's Lake is that is that another area I've heard that's another popular area as well. I always try to visit Dow's Lake in the canal once in the in the early season again okay. because it's open before a lot of other places. Um, also, a lot of uh, where a lot of current muskie research done out of uh, Stephen Cook's labs at Carleton begin um, putting transmitters on fish. We started that in the. I guess 1994 was the first study. And then there's been a whole lot in the, in the modern day. Um, it's amazing to think that that body of water holds trophy class muskies in the middle of downtown Ottawa. Yeah. Wow. 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 
So, so let's, let's progress through here, here, John, you graduate from university and then where does, where do, where does John end up after that? Um, I got a commerce degree in hotel and food administration from the university of Guelph. Okay. And I came back to, uh, to the restaurant industry and I opened up, uh, opened up a lot of new restaurants around Ottawa. I opened up the, the first three pizza huts in Ottawa I was an area rep for pizza, pizza ran the pump group of restaurants, brigadier, sergeants, lieutenants, um, big nightclub, grand central, you know, really uh, all over for, for a lot of years. And, uh, um, and then owned my own restaurant, which became Woody's on, uh, on Elgin street. Okay. Um, and so I did that, um, for 15 years. I love the business. Um, it's a burnout business and, uh, um, and I burned out, so okay. um, decided to uh, to move on to something else. Got an education in high tech, um, yeah, and got laid off of two uh, two jobs where I thought I would retire on stock options happily um, in the <laughs> high tech meltdown of the '90s, and then yeah. turned to uh, then turned to fishing full time. Um, okay, musky, okay, musky fishing um, guiding is something I started in the '70s up north of Kenora as a summer job, you know, okay. through, my high, through my high school basketball coach. And uh, um, that, that seed that he planted, I didn't realize that probably the, one of the greatest pieces of knowledge I would acquire was that people would pay you money to go fishing. Okay. So I learned, I learned that as a teenager. And then I came back to it when I was 40 again. Wow. And just decided to, uh, to, uh, uh, jump into the Ottawa River Muskie factory and open open the first guiding business, Muskie guiding business on the river. So so that that journey, John, from the restaurant the restaurant business, and then you pivoting over, you know, to go into the guiding that you say you learned in your in your teens. Is is there all along sort of an undercurrent for John Anderson that you're continuing obviously to fish and and hone your craft in, in, in musky fishing as well over, over the years, were you able to do that or? Oh, I, I, I try and learn new things every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, life is a, a continual evolution and learning process and I'm a way better business person than I was a year or two ago. And then I was in my youth and, and I'm a way better musky fisherman than I was, um, you know, I can say even last year, you know, through, through learning a lot of new technology. So yeah, life is evolving and learning. Um, everything that you, you do is an evolution of learning. So yeah, yeah, I still, I still thirst for that. I still quest for that. Um, and I guess another common thread in all of what I've done is a, a service aspect, um, hospitality industry, right. From, from formal training, um, through, uh, through restaurants, hotels, tourism. Um, and even in, uh, even in my stints in high tech or, uh, as an office manager and, and in marketing, um, okay. you know, mostly. And so again, it's all business, it's all relationship management and everything in life is relationship management. It doesn't matter if you're if you're in high tech, if you're in a restaurant, or if you're a fishing, if you're a fishing guide, it's all the same. Right. Right. 
That's very well said. That's very well said, John. Okay, I well, maybe for for the audience that that doesn't know John, I'm obviously familiar with the Ottawa River Muskie Factory. Maybe give the audience uh, sort of a glimpse into what the the Ottawa River Muskie Factory is is all about. Um, we try and provide the highest end muskie experience um, that you can get. We focus on teaching. We're so lucky to, to run our business in Eastern Ontario and on the Ottawa River, which is uh, considered a top 10 musky fishery in the world, um, not only by Canadians, but, you know, by, by Americans and all, all the, the knowledgeable publications and television programs in the, in the States, you know, we are a, a musky destination. And so um, we take people out for the musky trip of, of their life and, that started okay. out a lot of years ago with just Americans um, okay. and has evolved into a mix of uh, Americans and Canadians. And there's a whole new, through COVID, there's a, a whole new audience that's found fishing and musky fishing closer to home as well. So an interesting evolution. So in, in, let's let's just touch on that. Is is that, did you notice that uh, last year? Because there is it the fact that more people locally had more time on their hands and stayed sort of close to home uh fishing license sales across north america were up by 50 percent wow so that's an that's an and you could see it out on the river i mean there were no americans here so my boat is is half uh, more than half filled with americans that i've fished with you know for a lot of years who come here for you know for their musky trip of the year um, so none of them came up, um, but that slack was picked up by a, a whole, whole new generation of, of, uh, of people who found fishing, who found the outdoors, uh, who've discovered this amazing resource that we have around Ottawa. And it was really interesting to see the people who did find it, um, locals, but um, so many more women, so many more children, Okay, um, just it, it became the family experience again and that fishing used to be, you know, that's what we saw. So really wow. gratifying here. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. And were, were a lot of them, like, were a lot of them new fisher, uh, f- fishermen or? Did... Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. From people that are new to fishing um, to uh, people that have, have found muskies. Um, the, the muskie addiction comes to a lot of fishermen who find other other fishing experiences first, and then they start to tangle with a muskie or two, and it's just a a, a whole other level of a fish yeah. to go after. Um, so that kind of dovetails very nicely to my next question, John. How, how does John Anderson get this musky bug over all these years? Because I'm assuming when you started out fishing, it wasn't just muskies, was it, that you were catching? When I started guiding, I was a, a teenager. I think I was 16 in a little town called Manaki, north of Kenora. And okay. This is a fishing-centric town. People come there to fish muskies, to fish walleyes. A lot of Americans, people from uh, the Chicago area, um, Iowa, you know, all, o- all over the U.S. And so I went there as a teenager and people would pay you to go fishing. And this was, you know, the greatest thing that <laughs> I did at the time. And my high school basketball coach, who's still my mentor 
to this day, Ken Stunnel, um, he coached us at Gloucester High School. He took me up there when I was 16. And so um, I went up for this phenomenal outdoor experience and this introduction to this place. And I caught my first nice muskie. Okay. Everybody in town came to me at the restaurant or uh, the bar or on the docks and, and asked, you know, asked about that fish and, and, and said nice things about it. You know, yeah. they were curious about it and that's just, wow. Wow. And so the pursuit mm-hmm. of this fish was, that was centric to, to life up there. And, okay. uh, and I got that early. What was the size of it? Do you remember? I got a 20 pound fish. I think oh it was 40, 40 and a half inches long. Wow. Um, 40, 40 and a half, 41 inches long, uh, about a 20 pound fish. And that was the biggest thing I'd caught to that point. I caught, yeah. a, caught a bunch of smaller fish in the Rito. Yeah. I hadn't caught anything that was 20 pounds at that. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and so for those people that, that are listening, that are looking to maybe go out um, fishing with you in the auto river muskie factory, do they need, uh, do they need to get their own rod or how does that work, John? Um, we're a turnkey operation and, and okay. we, we vet our guests with a lot of questions to find out what, what your expectations are and what your experience level is. Okay. We try and we try and match the fishing day that we're going to have, you know, to, to your abilities, to your experience. Um, chasing muskies isn't like fishing for other fish. We fish all day for one or two fish. Yeah. I had a tremendous year averaging almost two fish a day in the boat. One Jeez, that's incredible. 1.9 something fish a day in the boat, you know, fishing for, nine, nine and a half hours. And that's not a lot of fish. So, um, and you know, generally we cast a lot as well. So, um, your experience level lining up what, you you know, lining up what you want and what you need to be successful and then setting the expectations. Right. I see. Okay. So we have everything a person needs. Um, I'm, I'm Shimano sponsored. I've been on the Shimano research teams and uh, I test products for them, have for a lot of years, and help in design of a lot of their musky products. So we have the best equipment. Um, um, and again, we focus on teaching people. We focus on teaching mechanics, on teaching basics, um, and on teaching musky behavior. So okay. It's it's a it's a tremendous learning experience for someone who's new to musky fishing. And if you're an experienced person, um, you know. Myself and my guides, we still have, we're, we're still in tune with all the latest tactics, techniques, and we have thousands and thousands of hours out on the water. So, you know, we can ramp up pretty much anybody's game, regardless of their level. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that is. And how many, how many guides do you have now, John? Um, Lisa Goodyear guides full time for me. Um, okay. She, she's probably Canada's mo- uh, most experienced uh, female muskie guide. So she's been with me for, um, for two years now. Well, that's excellent. Um, Mike Kadura has been with me for, um, I guess this will be his fifth year coming up. Um, okay. He's a, he's a teacher by nature also from, from Gloucester high school. Um, just, uh, um, a, a, a tremendous teacher in all respects and, and a real hunter of muskies. I work with a number of other guides when we have some larger parties as well. Jamie okay. Castilli is another well-known uh, local guide. 
uh, and multi-species guide. Um, Jenny just became the host of the new fly fisher, uh, uh, the new host of the new fly fisher. So I'll give him a plug. You can watch for him on on uh, okay, great. TV coming up on TV coming up this year. You know, and then some other people as well in and around Ottawa we work with. So we have we have a we have a team, uh, a very diverse and experienced team. So um, whether it's uh, w- whether it's uh, one person who wants to come out and do some learning or you have a corporate group of eight or 10 or 12 people that want to come out for a day. Okay. We're set up to look after, to look after them. Okay. In, in terms of John, I just want to take a step back for, for a moment. What, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, you sort of made the pivot from, from the high-tech industry to the Ottawa River Muskie factory. Tell us about your thought process on, on doing that, because that's not an easy decision either. You know, you're going from a job to starting, you know, starting a new business. What, what was sort of your thought process and what, what you went through? Um, fishing was my passion in life. Um, I'd been laid off of two great jobs in, in high tech. Um, you know, one was through an acquisition. Um, my company was bought by IBM. I was laid off in that acquisition. The other okay. was a, a a uh, uh, wireless software startup that grew big and, and then failed in a day. And so um, I just decided I didn't want anyone to write me a check anymore. Okay. Um, and there wasn't anyone to tell me that I couldn't sell my house and, uh, and go and, and dedicate everything to, uh, to guiding, to building a guiding business. And there wasn't really any full-time guides around here in Ottawa. It wasn't a destination for, musky fishermen really at that point yeah. so um i just committed to it i committed that i was gonna do it um one day i went out and uh, started touring around with a real estate agent and looked at areas east of ottawa my favorite places to fish and i found a little property on the on the river okay bought it i bought it and uh i prepared to starve for a few years and and uh but this is where i was going and 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 we did, you know, yeah. so we built it, built it, a, built it a trickle at a time. Yeah. Over, yeah. Over a lot of years. And, and when you're starting out, what, what were some of those, because I, th- you know, a lot of people, are, you know, are going through, might be going through, I would think a similar situation with the way the economy is today, where maybe they're thinking of making, making that jump to, to following their passions as you did. What were some of the, but, but I find at the same time, you know, social media kind of doesn't do a lot of justice to a lot of business people. They just show you the glory side of it without any of the struggle, which which is definitely there for any business that's starting out. What were some of the early struggles you had to overcome, John? Yeah, social media is an amazing tool in the modern day. And um, 20 years ago, it was in its infancy. Um, and And I didn't really get the power of social media at that time. So... Um, I, I was much more word of mouth focused. Um, your okay. contacts, your contacts were one on, you know, were one on one. And uh, um, I went to some to, to some shows in the states. Okay, uh, I, I, I went to a big show. I, I guess early on, I decided that I was going to go to a trade show in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah, and I went I went down there with a photo album of of pictures and prepared to give a presentation for them. Okay. You know, being a novel, 
the novel Canadian at the time. And just in, in looking at everybody else's pictures and talking to them, it was, um, it became clear what, what we had here. Okay. In terms of looking at our fish and their fish and telling stories back and forth. So I started bringing, you know, bringing an American clientele up here. I wasn't interested in guiding Canadians because they had boats and they were going to come back and you're fishing for needles in a haystack. So, you know, initially I went after Americans and started bringing them up and my, my background was hospitality. So I ran some bedrooms out of my house. I cooked, bre- I cooked crepes for breakfast. I gave you maple, <laughs> awesome. maple, maple syrup off the trees from tapped from my neighbor's house next door. That is um, awesome. I knew, I knew how to, to cook from restaurants. And so, you know, I did breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I guided when I could. And yeah. I built, you know, I built it up that way. Um, the guiding part was, you know, was, uh, was slow and I provided more lodging than guiding at first, but yeah, um, you know, I had a business plan for survival. Yeah. Um, good advice to people is, uh, following your passion is, is the way to have more fun in life because then you'll work harder for yourself than, than, than uh, you'll work harder for yourself, um, chasing for pa- your passion, but you need a lot more than passion. You need a business plan for survival and it's the people with a good business plan that survive. And so, you know, oh, that's I, well I'd, I'd set up a situation where I didn't need a lot of money to get, get through a year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get through my, get through my first years. And so, yeah, shoestrings. And that goes, and I think that goes back to what you just said. That goes back to the planning and having that plan. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, word, word of mouth, um, I learned in restaurants, it's way easier to keep the customers you have than to spend money to attract new ones. Um, yeah, good point. You know, yeah. and, 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 you know, just that, that relationship management. So, and, and did you get a lot of repeat business where having said that John from, from these Americans that would come back year after year? Yeah. The saddest thing about COVID for me is um, I have guys that I've fished with for 18 years in a row. Wow. This is the first year that I didn't get to fish with them. You know, okay. I have another, I have another group I've fished with for 15 years. I have three or four that I've fished with for 13 and 14. And, you know, they're my friends. Yeah. Um, I, I go and see them in the States. They come up here and rock and roll with us, yeah. you know, for, for some of the great music that we have around Ottawa. Um, you know, and so, um, yeah, that's, that's, they tell two friends and they tell two friends and repeat business is essential in any business it's yeah if you're not attracting repeat business you'll get found out as as a fake or a fraud before too long yeah very well said yeah yeah very well said very well said maybe just walk the audience through here john the 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 process from and you kind of touched on it a little bit from someone that's going to book with you guys at the auto river musky factory to the day that they that they're fishing you have an interview with them you have a discussion of their expectations and then then what Sort of walk us through that, maybe. Yeah, you can find us. Um, we're, we're easy to find online. Um, OttawaRiverMuskyFactory.com, yeah. MuskyFactoryBaits.com. We're active on Facebook, you know, so you can get a hold of us through there. Uh, we have uh, um, contact email or contact by phone. Yeah. Um, Lisa is my administrator, and she'll get back to you really quickly. Um, booking sooner rather than later. Yeah. better idea because we do get we you know we do get filled up and all of our prime dates um you know go 
go early. So, you know, we've already got a lot of bookings for, for 2021. Um, contact us and we'll, we'll find out what your schedule is and ours. Yeah. We'll, match, we'll match dates and then we'll go about, you know, finding out exactly what, what you're looking for and we'll tell you um, okay. what to expect and, and how we'll fulfill what you want. Yeah. Yeah. That's very well said. That's very well said. Now, because you weren't busy enough with the Ottawa River Muskie Factory, John Anderson decides to start Muskie Factory Baits. Tell us, tell us about Muskie Factory Baits. Um, it's a synergistic business. Um, uh, if, if you fish for muskies, um, you probably have an addiction to collecting lures. And if you're old like me, you've had an addiction for collecting lures a long time. I'm in my basement right now and I'm looking in at my musky room and there's, <laughs> I don't know, four or 500 lures on the wall. It's like and the then, hall of fame of lures. For and then there's, seen a couple it. Hundred, there's a couple hundred more in boxes <laughs> around. I don't know how many, maybe there's a thousand in the room there. So um, yeah, an addiction to, to baits and anything that will help you catch more fish um, technology lures. So yeah, it's been part of the collectible the, the collection addiction over the years uh, I yeah. approached staff for other companies um, going along the way, you know, um, I, I see all the great lure makers at the, at the different shows. And so this was just a natural, a natural progression. And, and I get to build exactly, you know, exactly what I want uh, okay. in, in a bait. And that's how, I guess that's how this started. Okay. It's, it's the best features that I could put on a, that I could put on a bait, one that I want to throw myself. Yeah. 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 That's. So, uh, yeah, I have a, I have a great partner in this Mike Spratt. Mike's been a fishing, Mike's been a a partner of mine for, um, almost 30 years of, of fishing muskies again, uh, on the Rito, uh, a lot of fishing out by the airport, um, and a lot of great adventures together. And so, Mike is uh, Mike is Mister Mister Fix It and Mister Detail, and so <laughs> be- between us, um, we yeah. prototyped a bunch of stuff a few years ago um, and refined our processes and um, and have just yeah we've created a little monster. It's uh, <laughs> it's grown into th- this this past year and with people learning to buy on COVID, we did uh, learning to buy online with COVID, we decided very early on that, you know, we were going to learn to sell online and okay. our products, um, we tried to create an, an, uh, an, a brand from the beginning, just, uh, uh, high quality, high quality, everything. And, uh, and we did, and then, and we learned to sell it this year. And, um, thank goodness, Mike's a, a teacher as well at Ashbury okay. and he had the, he had the summer off to make baits because, uh, it was all we could do to keep up for the year. So we're, we're really <laughs> thrilled at, at where it's gone. Another reason for starting this company was um, we take $2 from every musky bait that we sell and we donate it to research through Musky okay. Canada. And oh, then we leverage, we leverage that money with, um, with other groups and we support musky specific research um, ideally driven out of uh, Carleton University. We funded our first, um, our first research project last year. So 
and, and that took place on the on the St. Lawrence River. Okay. Uh, St. Lawrence Research Station, driven by Dr. Cook's lab out of uh, um, out of Carleton University. It involved um, Ottawa U as well. No more. Um, and, and yeah. her electron mic my microscopy microscopy team um, okay. did work on this. So um, there's aspect to what we're doing too. Um, there's there's more musky research driven out of Ottawa than anywhere else in the world. Not many people, really. Not many people know that. That was a statement that Jim Sarek, the uh, host of Musky Hunter Television. Um, and, and creator of Muskie, uh, editor of Muskie Hunter magazine for many years, uh, um, had said previously. And yeah, it, it's true, you know, and Muskie's Canada drives it. Um, it takes place in all different forms it has for years and it benefits Muskie fishermen everywhere. And so I've, okay. benefited, I've benefited from that since my youth and uh, I love to participate in it. Um, and so we try and we try and drive that and give back you know, to the musky, to the musky fishery, to the musky community. So that's another aspect to the business. You you mentioned in that in that John the the research project and that. You know, maybe we'll go right to that. I was gonna I was gonna touch on that as well. Maybe you could update us on on what what that research project was uh, was all about in the St. Lawrence. Sure, we funded um, uh, we we funded a, a project to look for a new tool to help anglers release fish that are injured by hooks in the angling process. Okay. And so um, a number of years ago, Gord Pizer, um, the fishing editor of Outdoor Canada magazine and maybe Canada's most, most knowledgeable fisherman ever, um, taught me that applying carbonated beverages to bleeding fish stops the bleeding. Um, and you know, a sad part of musky fishing, um, you know, releasing a fish is all about what we do. It's so important that we push, put every fish back alive. And occasionally we inflict a severe injury on a fish and we've been able to stop the bleeding of that injury with pop and release fish that we know, you know through experience would otherwise die if, okay. we didn't, if we didn't apply pop. So we funded research to, to, prove this or to see how this works and to to prove that it is a good tool now um the idea behind the research is is uh, a really good one unfortunately um the project the scope of the project was not designed very broadly and so the injury that um they inflicted on pike on the saint lawrence river um in a controlled environment was gill injuries um they actually cut a piece of the gill out of the the pike and then applied carbonated um beverages to it uh okay uh, diet coke yeah mountain dew or car or carbonated lake water and none of these had uh the positive results that we wanted um and and that's not a big surprise to me um my my my, my field experience tells me the only fish, a, a gill injury is a very, very severe injury to a fish to yeah. begin with. Okay. Um, uh, often a fatal injury. That's the only injuries that I couldn't stop bleeding and I couldn't help fish with um, when I had used this technique in the past. So okay. the results were, were uh, disappointing, not surprising, um, 
they didn't get us to where we want to go. My wife is a researcher, uh, a research scientist for Ottawa U. And, you know, she pointed out, you know, when I was disappointed initially that, you know, your research either proves your hypothesis, it disproves your hypothesis, or, or it, it, it proves something very specific. And in this case, you know, it proved that the carbonated beverages didn't help a severe gill injury. Okay. I'm still of the belief, and so is Gord, Gord Pizer, that, you know, there is a, a right time and, a, and, and other injuries. I mean, there's veins that, that bleed severely on fish in the tongue, on the cheek, okay. in the gill, other places, uh, other places without, uh, or, or adjacent to the gill, without um, looking at a severe gill injury, where this is probably still a benefit, you know. Okay. This didn't get to where we wanted to in the research. Hopefully somebody will pick this up and, and take it to another level. Um, so is it, is it fair to say, uh, John, your advice of, for people to have a, a carbonated drink with them while fishing is still valid then? Um, you know, I'm not going to tell people to apply a carbonated beverage to, I'm not going to tell an average fisherman to apply um, a carbonated beverage to a bleeding injury. However, an experienced fisherman has probably watched fish bleed out in front of them. Um, trout and salmon are notorious bleeders. Okay. Um, you know, for example. Uh, and so, you know, most anglers have watched that. If you're an experienced angler and you have a fish that you think is probably going to bleed out and die in front of you, then, and you don't have anything to lose, um, that's, that's a time when applying the carbonated beverage would be a good idea. Okay. 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 I just want to move. Uh, I, I want to move to something else, John, that um, you talked about earlier this year. I think it was on one of the Muskies Canada uh, meetings that, that moved online with, uh, with the advent of COVID, uh, which is the death of the St. Lawrence Muskie fishery. Can you, can you tell us about that? Cause I was pretty shocked uh, when I heard it myself. <clears throat> just choking on a little diet coke here oh that's all right excuse, that's all right excuse me for a moment yeah 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 um, I, yeah i, I wrote it away when I, you mentioned this i wrote a piece last spring that got an awful lot of attention online um <laughs> called the death of the saint lawrence muskie fishery i'd read the last issue the december uh, 2000 19 issue of the Muskies Canada Release Journal was a research-based based issue. Um, so it collaborated information from a lot of different research projects. And it was clear through the research that had been going on on the St. Lawrence over a lot of years that there's a massive decline in the muskie population and a massive decline in the muskie's ability to reproduce. Okay. And, and that's um, it's up and down the river to a certain extent. And in some areas it's, um, gone to a very severe and very critical level. So I wrote this, I wrote this piece with a drastic title, um, to draw attention to the research and what it shows, um, about the St. Lawrence muskie population. The St. Lawrence muskies are the biggest baddest muskies on the planet they are the genetically the, the genetic apex fish in the muskie world um 
from the great from the, from the Great Lake strain that came up through the Mississippi from the Gulf of Mexico at the end of the last ice age. These okay. are these are the top muskies we have, and that fishery is in jeopardy. In in uh, in some areas, it's in peril. In some areas, it's in jeopardy. It's uh, certainly an area that needs um, needs eyes, needs yeah. research, and needs attention. I just want to touch on one thing you mentioned there, uh, John. When you say that they're, the muskies in the St. Lawrence are different than anywhere else in the world, what in, in what regard? Like, like you take the ones, in, for example, like Jim Sarah catches a lot of them in Minnesota. Like, what's the difference that, that a lot of – and I'm sure you'll get a lot of this feedback having experienced it yourself and from, from your, your guests that come up from the United States. What's the big difference? Um. All of the muskies that we have in North America, and they only exist in North America, as I said, they came up the Mississippi River to the St. Lawrence at the end of, uh, to the Great Lakes and spread off of the, the Great Lake tributaries at the, at the end of the last ice age. So they're okay. all descendants of, of the same fish. They're all of that same species of muskies. They developed uh, regionally based on the regional conditions that you have. The St. Lawrence muskies, big water produces big fish as a general rule. The St. Lawrence is one of the biggest rivers in the world. Um, and the genetics there evolve to a massive fish. Um, every body of water creates a fish that has a maximum growth potential based on the genetics of that fish and the forage in the in the environment that it grows up in the st okay. lawrence muskies and the georgian bay muskies have the largest growth maximum growth potential in the world this is wow um, this is confirmed through research at queen's university um, dr john castleman is a um develop developed this maximum growth potential uh analysis through analyzing a bone called the colithrum. I'm going to, I, I can't talk about muskies without getting deep in a lot of, a lot of areas. So the St. Lawrence strain of muskies can grow to the biggest in the world. And then you take the fact that um, those are river fish and not lake fish. And not only that, they're in a river that has an incredible current in most okay. areas. So that fish, river fish grow larger tails, larger fins, and they spend their life on a treadmill. They, okay. are, they are stronger. They have more endurance. Um, they, I, I, on the Ottawa River, I had, I, over the years I've had Americans say almost every week, that is the strongest muskie I have ever had on my Wow. Life. And it's, it, that's the river fish versus, versus uh, lake fish. And our, okay. you know, and our completely wild, non-genetically mixed Canadian fish. They yeah. are the way that they were intended to be. And they are the strongest fish on the planet. Wow. That's incredible. That's, uh, that's incredible. Okay. I just want to touch on a little bit of a segment here, John, for those people uh, that are in business today and, and drawing on your experience, which I think is, is definitely tremendous uh, with your, your, your various backgrounds, 
um, your, you know, your successes, your failures and what, and what you've learned. So if, if someone was starting a business today, John, what advice uh, would you give them outside of what you've already said about, you know, having a proper plan in place and, and the passion? Um, it's all been done before. <laughs> <laughs> so go and find people who have succeeded in your area and ask them for help and they will help you. Yeah, that's uh, learning to ask for help and learning to ask people who've succeeded. It's a really hard thing for people to do, but most people want to help to begin with. And so they're happy to give you guidance and direction. Um, And so find a model that's worked. Find somebody else who succeeded in in the field you want to succeed in. and, and, and seek their help. So that would be okay. a, a great first place. Secondly is um, unleash, unleash the power of social marketing. Okay. And third, realize that with that power in social marketing, um, there's a lot of destructive power too and, and, and bad people who will use it the wrong way. So you get to make your reputation in the world and then you live with it. So make a good one. Keep yeah. every customer you you get. Keep them as a repeat customer. Make sure yeah. that they're going to, whatever you have to do, that they're going to speak well of you, that they're going to refer you business and grow grow in that way. Um, yeah, that's know, very that, well that, said. That's, that's grassroots. That's, that's, that's old fashioned. They tell two friends and they tell two friends and it yeah. still works that way. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, very well said. I just want to talk, maybe you're, you're piquing my interest here on the social media side. What have you noticed on the social media side that's, that's impacted your business for, for the better? Um, well, musky fishermen are the last adapters of new technology, <laughs> first of all. And, and I'm, not a young, I'm, not, I'm not a young musky fisherman, but I recognize social technology as a necessary evil. Um, Hmm. having a Facebook blog and, and an, I have a friend in high tech who started me in Facebook 10 years ago, Burkett Foster. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a well-known local figure, um, you know, in, in high tech for a lot of years. And he came to me and said, you need a Facebook page. Uh, and I said, what, what's a Facebook page and why do I need it? And he said, cause you'll make money off of it. I didn't get it. And, you know, it took about six months till somebody wrote me on Facebook and said, we want to give you money. And that was an, <laughs> that was an, that was an epiphany moment. And yeah, the power of, of building a positive snowball that rolls down the hill and gets bigger. It's all synergistic. You know, yeah. your, yeah. your, your ratings, your recommendations, your nice comments, your, your good stories, your following getting bigger. It's all synergistic. And so, um, yeah, that's you well start said. small and stay dedicated and it goes and you know over the years we've we've got quite a quite a quite a good social following I think we yeah definitely 25,000 people and on the different avenues that you know that we that we that we go down and you know and and that helps it, it everything we do increases that spreads the word yeah again that synergy is a word I keep coming back to yeah 
Yeah. Did you, John, did you have any mentors along the way for, for yourself? Well, my high school basketball coach, Ken Stunnel, like I yeah. said, he got me started in this and I still go to the gym with Ken in the winter. Wow. Wow. He pushes, he pushes more weights than I do. <laughs> he stays on the bike longer than I do. You know, he's tough to keep up with. And so um, that's, that's a great, great role model. Yeah, too. that's awesome. A great role model to to have that way um and and he was a musky you know he was a musky guide um and okay. i watched the musky community up there and then um gosh i joined muskies canada and that's one of the greatest things you can do if you're keen on learning about muskies there's okay. local chapters uh, all over the country and you yeah. will get in you will get hooked up with the most passionate people in your area and a real diversity of people, you know, from the biologists to the guides to lure makers to okay. people with every bit of the addiction that you have to people who've traveled where you want to go. And so that knowledge, you know, you can find all of that online, but through Muskies Canada, it's just that much, that much closer to you. And so um, lots of mentors, lots of mentors through there, you know, um, Rob Day is a really great um, local lure maker who's been around for 30 years out of Arnprior. You know, okay. I watched, I watched Rob in the lure business. Um, um, River Rats is another great lure company that Sam Hill and uh, uh, my good friend Ed Lalonde, um, rest in peace, Eddie, uh, started, you know, 30 years ago as well. So, you know, seeing other people do it and succeed and, yeah. you know, there's, yeah. There's, there's lots of lots of role models and mentors for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. And you know, I, I'm I mean, I'm going to be sound a little biased here. I do find the fishing community very tight knit. It's very open. It's you know, I don't think I've met anyone that's not down to earth. It's it's quite refreshing. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. The must the, the fishing community is a great social community, and like I said at the start of this, it, it, it's so wonderful to see families. Um, rediscover as as a family experience and to get yeah. back in in touch with nature that way the musky world's got you know it's it's on the extreme end of fishing uh, of the fishing community i always say it's filled with uh, characters eccentrics egos and liars you know and so if you, if you hang out with the characters and eccentrics you will have the most fun that you can have fishing or, or in the outdoors and just leave those other guys to hang out with themselves. <laughs> oh, that's really well said, John. That's really well said. Now, um, I, I do want to mention because John is going to be having a, Mon a Monday night musky series coming up uh, starting January. It's going to actually start on Tuesday night because I think it's, it's your wife's birthday on Jan Monday, January 4th. Is that right? That's experience right there. <laughs> it's my wife's birthday on Monday, January 4th. So the Monday Night Muskie Series is starting on Tuesday, January 5th, and we'll run every Monday after that at 7 yeah. p.m. on the Muskie Factory Baits uh, yeah, Facebook perfect. page. Everyone. And we'll, we'll have all the links for the uh, for all of that and everything we've mentioned in the show in the, uh, in the show notes and, and afterwards. Yeah, happy, happy wife, happy life, eh, John? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm so lucky. I have an amazing wife, and and she loves yeah. uh, she loves the outdoors and fishing with me, and 
You know, we share travel and food and wine. Oh, together that's awesome. That, that fills is awesome. it all up. Now, I just want to take here to, uh, we'll finish up here, John. Uh, I always like to get to know our guests a little bit more. Uh, do you have a favorite book, uh, album, movie, series that you would recommend to others? I, I, I would imagine you don't get to watch too much TV or anything during musky season, but anything you'd recommend to the audience? Hmm. Um. I guess I'm more of a sports watcher than a series watcher. And I haven't okay. sat down. I haven't sat down to binge watch anything um, for a little while, but. Uh, um, what are your favorite sports? Let's, let's dive into that. Well, among my addictions are a rotary baseball league, uh, baseball pool that I've been a part of through the national press club for. Okay. For over 25 years. Baseball, so you're follow, saying? Follow, yeah. Yeah, a roto league baseball pool with a lot of a uh, lot of really terrific, uh, really terrific writers and and nutty baseball people. So, okay, that, that's much more of a passion. Um, okay, my wife, my wife is a, a nutrition professor, and so um, her whole life is food, um, and so I, I benefit greatly from that. And then I come from a restaurant background, so. Uh, we always, uh, we're always cooking up a storm around here. Oh, awesome. With that comes, uh, comes a love of wine. Okay. And, okay. And a, and, a, and a passion for scotch as well. So, <laughs> those, those are, those are, those are bigger than, uh, than the television. Now as I evidence did, from your Facebook page, John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now I did, I did just watch the, the queen's gambit. So, okay, did you like that? That that was fantastic. That was there's something okay. in that for everybody to like. And I I seem to be the odd the odd guy out. I, I I just found it too boring and I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't enough action for me. I am a I am a simpler man than you. <laughs> now I just want to touch on the baseball for a sec. Do you have a favorite team or something? Or um, I, I'm a homer. I cheer for I cheer for Canadian teams in. Uh, in most sports um, and, and beyond that, you cheer, for, your loyalties go out the window when you're in a baseball pool and you cheer more for, uh, <laughs> for individual players, but no, I've been a Blue Jays, Blue Jays fan for a, for a long time. Okay. Uh, worked okay. at Exhibition Stadium. Oh, okay. A, a long time ago and, you know, kind of closely with them. So. Okay, those listeners uh, to the show here, John, looking to learn more about muskie fishing, other than having them tune in to the upcoming Monday Night Muskie series, what what would you tell them? I'm sorry, you went fuzzy for a second there. Say that again. Yeah, so those those listeners looking to learn more about muskie fishing, other than tuning into the upcoming Monday Night Muskie series, what would you tell them if they're looking to learn more about muskies? Um. Muskies Canada, again, a, 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 just a great organization that supports muskie fisheries and muskie fishermen. Um, and it's filled with so many different ways to learn. Um, everything that you want to learn seems to be online these days as well. So you can cut down your learning curve um, in terms of what to expect. Yeah. But the greatest teacher of all is time on the water um, and fishing with people who've handled the fish, who've thrown the million casts, 
um, and learning learning from them. So um, get out in the boat with some different people. Hire a good guide who will teach you um, what a guide is supposed to teach you. A day with a good guide should make your musky fishing uh, easier, more productive, and better for the rest of your life. And so um, lots and lots of different ways to learn. Yeah, excellent. I'm on the water. Excellent, excellent. Okay, what is on your current? Do you have on your current Spotify, Apple playlist, uh, favorite player? What's What's John listening to? Like, are you listening to music in the boat while you're fishing, or uh, or is oh, it? That, that's a That's a big answer. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, and no. There's times when we do listen to to music in the boat. I've, I've written some pieces on uh, fishing with music and without music. And yeah. The fish are not scared of music. Okay. So my advice is if thing if, if you're listening to music and you're catching fish, keep doing it. If you're not listening to music and you're not catching fish, then yeah. turn on the music. But okay. I think I think music hides some of the sounds that fish actually get familiar with and uh, and can pattern, like your electric motor, like the sound of your sonar, um, okay, other things that come off of your boat, and so. Um, you can change their environment with different sounds. And yeah, I'm, I, I like music out on the water. Um, as somebody coming late to technology, I just signed up for Spotify about six weeks ago. Awesome. Holy awesome. Is, holy mackerel, is that a game changer? So, <laughs> now you can listen to anything on the water, John. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I, you know, I, I got that idea from a guest who brought his own speaker. And okay. Played playlists, played playlists out on the boat. And uh, oh, that is great. At the end of October, and so. Um, okay, yeah. so here's what I want you to picture for me, John. You're out on the boat. It's 2021. It's just you, and you're going to put something on to listen to. What What is John Anderson putting on on Spotify? Probably we're fishing with energy music, something that's got a good beat. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go back into the into the 90s. I used to fish. Muskie's Canada outings near Peterborough and okay. uh, uh, um, in Bob Cajun. And we used to listen to a station called the Fox. Okay. And we would, we would troll spinnerbaits, Rob Day spinnerbaits around on the lake. And we would catch, it's the only place I've caught more than 10 muskies in a day. And we would catch a lot of muskies on Pigeon Lake and we would write down the lure, the time of day, how big the fish is. And then facetiously, we wrote down what song was playing on the Fox. And it was all rock music. It was good beat music. <laughs> it was a lot of Canadian rock. And so, you know, the, the, the music that gets people going, uh, I just assume gets the fish going. We always had good luck to that too. My partner in Muskie Factory Baits only fishes with Motley Crue. On <laughs> You're serious. I'm dead serious. And wow. Mike, Mike Spratt, and, and if you go and look, he just had his best year ever. He caught stupid big fish this year and a whole bunch of them, you know, from downtown Ottawa all the way down to Hawkesbury. Okay. And so every picture of him holding a big fish, he's got my crew blaring in the background in the boat. So, you know, I, I, that's I awesome. We would, we, I, I'm, I'm not the huge Motley Crue guy, but we probably have some upbeat Canadian rock and roll. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Do you follow anyone, John, on social media that you would recommend uh, to others? Um, 
I don't spend a lot of time going to other places. I see my, what I interact with people, you know, just trying to answer the email and, and the, the queries that come in takes up a lot of time, but yeah, there, there's some, some great sources out there. Anything that Gord Pizer has to say on fishing, he is so knowledgeable on every aspect of fish biology, technique, tactics, um, location. He's just a wizard. So somebody really well that you can learn from. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uncut angling uh, is an, in an incredible groundbreaker okay. in, in learning. He's created video. Um, he's just taken it to another level with, with amazing imagination for musky fishing and for all kinds of fishing. That's out of, uh, out of Northern Ontario uh, okay. and, and, and Manitoba. Um, really entertaining stuff. Um, okay. Those okay. two guys in particular, yeah. What does an ideal day off look like for, for John Anderson? And it can't include fishing. <laughs> a day off. Um, I really try and separate my, in, in musky season, a day yeah. off is getting away from fishing. That's it is, eh? Because a day of musky fishing is a, a 12 to 14 hour day. Yeah. And, and you get crushed doing that day after day. So rebuilding and uh, coming and spending time with my wife. Yeah. Going, going for a bike ride, going for okay. some long rock walks, hanging out with the dog. Um, those things, uh, those are the important things, you know, okay. Having a barbecue sitting in the backyard, not, not doing the fishing stuff. And so that's when I, that's when I'm really happy to have Mike and Lisa looking after things and, and I yeah. know it's all going really well. Okay. I'm just going to finish John with the last question here. When, when people hear the name John Anderson, what do you hope they will say? Hmm. Never gave that one much thought. I hope that I hope they'll say he's a he's a a good person who did good things in the in the musky community and the fishing community. Um, and created a lot of a lot of great memories. For people yeah that's very well said. that's kind of why why guides guide um it's yeah. not you know it's I, I like to think i'm a little part of a lot of people's um best fishing day or biggest fish yeah because you can ask anyone their biggest fish story and they'll tell it to you in great detail the yeah. weather the day the day, everything for whatever reason that sticks and so um my yeah my hope is that I'm a little part of those, those great memories and great stories. Yeah, that is John. That is, I mean, like I said, I've, you know, I met you two years ago and it's uh, it's definitely stuck. You can, anybody that's experienced hearing you talk uh, the depth of your knowledge, the passion that you have is, uh, is definitely something that comes through. So I, I definitely uh, concur with, with, with that, that sentiment. Uh, John, this has been uh, this has been incredible. I would love to, obviously not in musky season, love to keep keep uh, the audience updated with with some of the causes that that you're you're involved in here, and uh, wish you nothing but uh, success in in 2021, and uh, and some more landing some more of those uh, those those trophy muskies. Uh, best of luck in 2021, John. 
what a pleasure talking to you, Paul, and uh, continued success to you, um, continued growth of your podcast. And this could be the year that you get that Rideau River Muskie, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, John. I, 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 you will be the first person I will contact when I catch it for sure. Okay. All the best. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, John. For those in the audience looking for additional information about our guest today, John Anderson and the Ottawa River Muskie Factory, you can find the Ottawa River Muskie Factory online at www.ottawarivermuskiefactory.com. You can also reach them by phone at 613-673-4265. That's 613-673-4265. You can reach them by email at gotmuskie at gmail.com. You can also find them on social media. They are on Facebook at the Ottawa River Muskie Factory. And John is also on Instagram at Got Muskie. You can find more information about the Muskie Factory baits at www.factorybaits.square.site. You can reach Muskie Factory baits by email at muskyfactorybaitcompany at gmail.com. And you can also find them on Facebook at Musky Factory Baits. John also mentioned a very good individual for fishing knowledge, Gordon Pizer. You can find Gordon online on Facebook at gordon.pizer. That's at gordon.pizer. P-Y-Z-E-R. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Ottawa Business Podcast. We truly hope you found something of value in the show that you can use in your business or personal life. Please remember to like and subscribe to the show. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite player. Thank you.